0: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host as always, Shane Told, and welcome to my podcast, you can be a fly on the wall as I take you into the backstage conversations from one front man or front woman to another. And yes, it is not Tuesday as usual. Today is a perfect Friday. I bet you're all a little more calm on your commute, chilling out, about to hit the weekend maybe. But the reason this is going up early is because this is a very special episode celebrating a brand new record by Florida legends, Under Oath, that's right, if you've been living under a rock, didn't know they're back, well they're back, with a new album, Erase Me, and let me tell you, it is a stunning record, Spencer Chamberlain is here, we talk in depth about the album, what went into it, and we get into some pretty heavy stuff as well, I don't want to spill the beans, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm very glad you're here, so stick around, this is a good one before we cannonball into that I do want to thank all of my sinners worldwide and by sinners I mean members of the lead singer syndrome all access club that's right if you want to help out the show and get some great perks including monthly bonus episodes with non-lead singers Q&A sessions with me every month access to a great community of other fans we talk about music sports just about everything and of course I'm on there all the time also, merchandise and patches shipped to your house, other great stuff. Be sure to check it out. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash access. For as little as $6 a month, that gets you in. It helps me keep the show going and growing, great guests, keeps the lights on. Because, you know, for some people, one episode a week, it's just not enough. So check it out. That's all I ask. Again, the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash access. I do have a New Year's resolution update for those of you who join me in solidarity to help each other out with our life goals. Well, it's been 90 days now since the beginning of the year. Feels like way longer than that, but whatever. I'd like to report that with the weight loss, I am down 12 pounds. So pretty good, about a pound a week. Uh, So yes, thank you everybody for the support and the love And I gotta say, I'm feeling pretty good Heartburn is gone, I'm sleeping better I'm using the force, (laughs) you know, it's great, it's really great Uh, And I'm not stopping, I got a little ways to go But I do want to thank y'all for the support and give you a little update In other news with me, I'm gearing up for more touring with Silverstein in a couple of weeks We're heading to Europe for the Empiricon Festival also, an Australian headliner with our very good friends and Canadian brothers in Comeback Kid. Tickets are on sale for those, so check them out. And of course, if you see me you know, wandering around, be sure to say hi, and feel free to chat me up about the show, about the podcast, about anything that you want. I love meeting people on tour. And a reminder, before we get into this, if you are looking for some sweet new merchandise, whether it's a new t-shirt for the spring, a hoodie, a windbreaker some good Charlotte arm socks, uh, whatever it is, you can bet. You can bet your ass. Rockabilia.com has it. They have over a million different items, all licensed from the artist. No knockoffs, no cheap imports. This is the real deal. So much rare stuff as well. Stuff you're not going to find on eBay or Amazon. A lot of stuff's fake, by the way. And best of all, we have a promo code you can use, PCJabberJaw to save 15% off your entire order today. 15%, pretty sick. Again, the promo code is PCJabberJaw. P-C-J-A-B-B-E-R-J-A-W. I know you can spell, but I'm spelling it out anyways. So check it out, rockabilia.com PCJabberJaw, for all of your merchandise needs. All right, everyone, the time has come. Are y'all ready? Let's jump in to my conversation with Spencer Chamberlain of under oath,
1: you God, You This
0: is so damn This I am
1: here. I am back.
0: With Spencer of Under Oath, my dude. It is so good to have you back. I understand you've been swimming.
1: Yes, I,
0: I just went swimming. <laughs> the record's it, done. Erase me's done. You're allowed to go swimming, okay?
1: Yeah, man. Sometimes you got to take a minute and, and, you know, do something for yourself, you <laughs> there know? You go. Treat yourself. There Treat you yourself. Go.
0: Exactly. It's funny, you know, I was, I was going back. I, I was just kind of listening to, to snippets of the podcast that we did the first time you were on the show, which was like... I don't know what it was, like episode ten or something. And I like two I, you know, years ago, right? It was two it was more than two years ago now. It was like two oh, wow. and a half. And at the time, if you can believe this, Under Oath hadn't even gotten back together to practice yet. You guys hadn't oh, wow. physically been in the same room. And here we are now with a new record under your belt and all these tours you've done and everything. It's like, isn't it amazing how much can happen in two and a half years?
1: yeah it, it is pretty crazy man it's it's definitely wild i think about that too like looking back at uh my life and in some of like maybe the harder times like oh man it was like three years three years of hell you know but it's like man you can do a lot in three years and get a lot of shit done and and yeah. work on yourself and like in this case it was our band you know like these past two years since i talked to you it's been like I mean, it's been a lot of hard work. Thinking about the last time I talked to you, and now I'm like, oh, it's not that long ago. But then when I think about like all the flights and sure. all the different places I wrote, and all the tours we did, and and actually making the record, I'm like, whoa. I guess like that's a lot of shit in a little bit of time. I guess it's a lot
0: of shit in a little bit of time, and, and it's just it's just funny to me because like you know, you guys physically hadn't been in the same room, like you hadn't even met each other again. Do, do you know what I mean? Like at just as dudes. Like, cause that's a big part of, of what has happened, what has transpired, which I don't think it's talked about enough. Like in interviews is like you guys, you know, the, the six of you in the band, it's been the same band since 2000 yeah. and what, three, 2004, 2003,
1: Yeah, no
0: one in the, no one in the band is replaceable. Everybody had to be on board for all of these things, whether it was tours, whether it was a record, whether it was, uh, you know, whatever. And that happened, and that must have happened from a personal uh, standpoint.
1: Yeah, man, I I feel like it was one of those things that when people asked, "Are we going to make a record? Are you guys going to make a record?" Are you, like you just cashing it in, get, get big money for a reunion tour. It's like that's not, yeah, none nothing to do with any of that. Like we weren't, we didn't want to put pressure on anyone to make a record yet when we weren't. Uh, you know, that it was like such a new relationship again. it's like, right. it's like, it's like mending a relationship after like cheating or something. Like it's really fragile. I feel like yes. maybe it's not as bad as that. Cause I feel like you could never trust someone like that again, but you know what I mean? Like comparable to that. Like we, we were, you know, there was just a lot of, of stuff that had to be worked out. And I think most of it was worked out as individuals on our own. Like I had to do a lot of work on myself, and so did Aaron, and so did Tim, and everyone in between. Like went through a lot, you know, from being in the band as teenagers until the breakup, and then you know getting back together. Uh, you know, the idea was like we, we the the idea was to get back together to play shows again because we owe it to everyone because the farewell tour was so shitty and short. Yeah and you know like we in that record was monumental for our lives and for a lot of people's lives so that was like the obvious first step to talking and you know all that and it, it's like you know we're a band we've always been best friends we went through a couple rough years where we didn't talk you know and 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 the family always comes back together in my opinion and, and we, that's exactly what happened with us and you get a band of dudes together that that are writers and players you know like you know how it is you, you're holding a guitar you're not going to not riff and then the drummer's not going to not start playing something like it happened you know right. it was very natural it's like uh we tried you know to not write during that first tour. Um, But as soon as the first tour was done, Aaron and myself were like, you know, not like, not like fuck those guys in a way, but kind of like, hey, man, I'm not going to wait for everyone to come around, like to start working. Like, let's just start working now. So that's what we did. Me and Aaron started writing right after the first tour, just alone, just me and him. Well, it makes
0: sense, though, because, you know, you and Aaron were the really the only musicians in the band like that were doing this the whole time. Yeah. Everybody else you know, had gone, and they'd, they'd started families, or they'd worked other jobs, and you know, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and what, I don't think it was like a let's do this in secret, or right. let's let's try to make a record without everyone. That wasn't the case at all. We just. We wanted to, to start working on stuff because that's what we do. And we wanted to play together again. And we're like, you know what? If these guys don't want to do this, fuck it. Let's start a new band. Right. And that was kind of the idea. And w- within the next round of practice, I think getting ready for Europe or something, we were all ready to start. And we wrote in groups. You know, Me and Aaron wrote a lot together. I wrote some by myself. Tim and Chris wrote a lot together. And then the four of us wrote uh, some together and then worked on all of it in the studio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we went in with like 30 tracks.
0: Wow, Really? 30 Give or tracks? Take. Is that like, and, and I always ask this question because I remember hearing, you know, when you're like a kid and you're about my age, so I used to read, you know, magazines and whatever it was, whether it was Guitar World or, or I don't know, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, rock magazines there were out there. And I'd always hear bands say, oh yeah, man, we recorded 30, we wrote 30 songs or 50 songs or whatever. And you're like, Damn, you only recorded, like, there's only 12 on the record, and like nine of them suck. You know what I mean? Like, like, what, yeah. It just in general with bands. So I always ask people, like, when you say 30 songs, is that like 30 songs, like all the lyrics are done, bridges done, like actually put together, or is that like 30 like ideas?
1: We, for the most part, dude, a lot of these were, a lot of the lyrics and melodies, uh, cause we got, we, this is the first time we had to write in like, around lyrics and melodies because we, we're just in a different spot now. We're all older and we all want, you know, different things out of music and we're not trying to, you know, force ourselves into what the box we had created for Under Earth was. So it was great because normally we would write a bunch of music and then we'd go in there and things would change and then we'd just get thrown under the bus. Like, all right, now you got, now you got to put lyrics on it and make right. put, make it work. And that's how Under Earth always worked until this record where... Because we had a jump start, and me and Anna were like, you know, we this is how we always write, unless it's for underoath Like, let's let's really focus on what we're saying, how we're saying it, how we're singing it, and make songs that fit that and, and make that presentable in a cool way. And you know, there's obviously the, the underoath way of writing things, and like some of the, the Tim songs, and it's like, oh, like let's get in there and try to make lyric. You know, he's obviously not thinking of lyrics because he's not a lyric or melody yeah. guy. He's a guitar player. But a lot of the songs were written with vocals in mind for the first time ever for Unreal. Right. So even in the thirty-something songs, you know that we brought in like a lot of it would be like, okay, this chorus is awesome and the lyrics are great, the melody's great, the the verse is okay, and the bridge is shit. So let's write a new bridge or take a bridge from this song that's awesome and make the the verses better and like you know it it wasn't like 30 amazing songs it was like you know we wrote some in the studio as well so there was uh there was a lot of great songs that the world could have heard i feel like but they weren't going to be under oath until the four of us got there because it's like the four main people that actually play the instruments on the records which is me aaron tim and chris you know uh so once the four of us got in a studio setting together that's when like it really came alive but yeah a lot of the a lot of the melodies or 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 lyrics even on some of the songs were some of the stuff from our very early on demos for writing like it didn't for the first time ever it was like oh we'll change every change the lyrics change this like no let's like if this song isn't cool enough let's make the music cool around with like the vocals were we there
0: that's interesting
1: this is also the first record that we worked together on, like even though we started with the writing like in separate groups, this is the first record that we didn't just fight through, and one guy got his way on this song, the other guy got his way on that song you know this was a this is a a record to where we all six love every single track on the record. And that's never happened for really? ever, well, ever, ever, It's weird
0: because I know you guys used to have, you know, I remember I watched your, your DVD with Matt Squire talking about your band and how unique you guys are and how everybody, every band member has a veto power. So like if anybody yeah. isn't, isn't happy with something, they can say no and you pull the plug and that's like Tim, Tim talks about it like in, in, you know, depth on the on the D V D saying like, oh, you know, it's it's art and if the second that someone's not on board it's 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 you drop it. But I mean now you're saying maybe that wasn't hundred percent true?
1: I think that's how it always was in the past. Like I in the past, someone that's never written a single note for underwhelm could walk in the room and go, I don't like it. I don't want like, I'm not i am not going to play it. I don't like it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. No 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 contractive criticism. No like no like oh i think the verse could be stronger like let me i've got this idea no it was just like i don't like it no that was how it was you know and this time around it was like if if a couple of us were feeling a song or an idea and someone wasn't you would speak up and and work on it and like we'd be like cool all right tim i don't want to make another song that sounds like another b-side from you know define the great line but let me get in my hands in there with you and like I wanna to get to a point to where I feel it the way you do, because you I you know, you're one of my best friends and someone that I've played music with my whole life. So if you're feeling it, there's obviously something there, so let's work on it and let's get it there. Right. And like and that's not saying my opinion's better than his. That's just saying like let's all be stoked on it, because right now I'm not stoked on it. But instead of me saying no, it was like, Okay, cool, like Chris and Tim, you're really feeling this. Squire Matt thinks it's a good it's a good start. Like let me get let me make You know, maybe the vocals will really make me happy. You know, like, let me just start working on it. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I have a different keyboard idea or a different guitar idea. Like what if you went there instead of there? Like we actually worked together and on all sides. Tim the same way. Tim and Chris on the songs that they would normally never have seen the light of day if it wasn't for us being grown ups, which is so silly to think now. Like right. oh and only guys it took you guys like how many records to learn how to, to work as a group or a team <laughs> and not be a bunch of babies about everything. Well, but you, yeah,
0: I'm sorry. go ahead, finish up
1: i I'm pretty sure that's just the difference between now and then is that we everything I think everyone's confident in who they are also they' we are uh, we're able to look at things like men and 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 talk things through as, as a group as a band and as friends it is before under oath records were made by a bunch of babies in my right. opinion like a well, bunch of kids that want to get their way and it was right. like if you didn't get your way even if the song made your record like you saw the guy pouting about it in the corner <laughs> like all upset <laughs> and like it was it was i mean it was always like that so
0: yeah and then how's that happen when you someone wants to play that song live
1: and yeah. you just Sucks. don't yeah well um yeah.
0: Y- you know you mentioned that that you are talking about Tim writing something that sounds like, to quote you from a minute ago, sounds like a Define the Great Line B-side. Now, how difficult is it when you're in a studio writing a record after, what has it been, eight years or something? Um, making a record, I should say. How hard is it to not compare your new stuff to something from your back catalog? And say, oh, this sounds like this, or we shouldn't do this because it sounds like this, or or did you have to just try to, Start with a clean slate.
1: I think because it had been so long, and that none of us listened to anything that sounds remotely like that anymore. Uh, And, you know, I I just think we let, we trusted each other this time as opposed to being like, oh, let's, we knew firsthand from all the mistakes that we have seen from people around us that, like, if you get back together and you go make, you go try to make, recreate your, your biggest record. At, like, 10 years later, I think that's what really does nail you in time is like a nostalgic band. Like, you're not going anywhere. You're just going to, you're crowd pleasing at that point, you right. know? Like, and we could have made a really safe record. We could have made uh, Define the Great Line part fucking four, or whatever the hell, you know? Like, we could have done that and, and everyone would have been happy, but we wouldn't have been happy and we wouldn't have been right. growing and the band wouldn't have been. It's not about the size of the band. It's about as an artist and in, like, just as a player, like growing and and evolving, like, you know, think about the Beatles. I want to hold your hand to *Sgt. Pepper. Like, sure. Like, I mean, you know, every band has, has, has done it and grows and, 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 and evolves and experiments and some things work and some things don't. And, you know, like, I mean, that's part of being an artist. Yeah. And I think we don't, we don't want to be a business. We don't want to be, a band that goes back to what are, are the fan favorites and try to recreate that. Cause to me that always sounds fake and phoned in. Like I've heard so many bands that have gotten back together or whatever. And, and, it, and it's just like, to me, it sounds like a B side of the, the record I fell in love with as opposed to, Hey man, remember what you made, how you made us all feel 10 years ago. Why don't you do that again, but just like do it in a new way. Like try, just try right. to like, try to push the envelope like you did, but it doesn't have to be the same like sounding songs like you know you want someone to like make me fall in love with you again like like make my my hair stand up on my arm again like because that's not going to happen by 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 not rustling my favorite feathers and giving me you know the shape of punk to come to or or (laughs) you know what i mean or define the great line part two or whatever whatever it is like whoever whoever you're listening to like that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me that just sounds like oh this sounds like a bunch of songs that they didn't release the first time because they're just not as good because you connected the first time right. and you connected for a reason because it was honest and it was fresh and it was new. Right. And I think as a player, as a writer, like that's something that we strive for because, you know, if we're not happy, then what's the point? You know, like why would we have gotten back together? Everyone could have just kept doing what they were doing. Like I, if people were surprised with Erase Me was going to sound different, like I'm like, I feel like really? Right, I know. <laughs> uh, what have you not paid attention to Underoath in the past? You know, we're, we're always uh, kind of flip the script on ourselves and totally. And I
0: have so many questions to ask you about the record and stuff. But before we get there, I have a couple other things I just want to ask because I got them on my list and I really want to know and I want the people to know. So when did you guys decide? Okay, we're going to be a band again, not just doing these, you know, the rebirth or whatever you guys called it, the, the doing the two albums. When did you decide we're going to be a band again and we're going to make
1: a record? And I who think was that decision. I think me and Aaron within the first practice were like, dude, I mean, cause me and Aaron have been playing music this whole time. We're like, God, why aren't we playing together? You know, like this is right. retarded. Uh, and, and I think after the first show or a couple shows in on the very first tour, I was like, dude, wow. we, we've got to, we've got to make a record. But it wasn't until I think we were in Europe to where the other guys were really on board. Yeah. Cause it, I remember halfway through the rebirth tour is when we started booking Europe and Australia rebirths and all that stuff. Um, and it was, uh, I remember the conversation because some of the guys didn't, weren't sure if they wanted to leave like that cushy job kind of scenario. Cause sure. it is risky being in a band and they do have mouths to feed. And, you know, like I understand that, uh, But I think it was kind of you know, it was it was bound to happen. You know, I think the only person we were like, we weren't really sure what what Chris was gonna gonna do and or James and eventually Chris came around and once Chris came around, that was like, well, you know, James will James will come around. And I think it was like it (laughs) was in Europe, you know. I think and Chris came around full force. You know, he I mean he's he's music twenty four seven now, which is a beautiful thing to see because he's creating even outside of Underworld as far as like working on like short film soundtracks mm-hmm. and like really dove into his instrument Good and, for him. That's awesome. And, and yeah. I really see him as like a most improved player. You know what that's, I mean? Like that dude is, amazing. is that's definitely a, that's yeah. amazing.
0: And, and, um, you guys are on fearless records now, which is a brand new label for you guys. I'm sure when you announced, Hey, we're back together. We're going to make a record through your management or whoever, however you did it. You must've had a lot of people wanting to put out "Erase me or the record that became Erase Me, you know I sh- what I should say. But um, how was that decision? That must have been difficult for you. I mean, you'd always been with Tooth and Nail, which I guess didn't oh, which, really make sense anymore to be on the label. Um, so no, walk me through it, it, that, it, that, that how you got hooked up with uh, Fearless. Well,
1: well it's Fearless, It's Concord Fearless. It's like a, right. uh, they're, the Concord owns Fearless and you know, it's like BMG Rise, you know, it's it's yeah, yeah. like who, who we talked to as well, uh, BMG, and we talked to Concord and, and Concord just, I don't know, it just seemed like, first of all, we, we I, it, it might have been me. Oh, well, I know it was me. I'm just trying not to sound like an asshole. But <laughs> I was, I, I, I said that I'm not going to make a record if it's going to come out on Tuesday now. I said that. It's not worth my time. Uh, I, you know, I, I was still riding for Sleepwave, and you know, like I was touring, and, and I was like, I, I just don't think it's because T- Tooth and Nail is about half the size as it was when we were active. You know, that's true. Uh, yeah. they, they've really downsized, and they don't have any. Sort of reach, and it's been the the only hindering in our band. Like, is is some of the, the the places that we go to that records when records actually were sold or whatever. Like, you couldn't get them there, you know, right. because of Tooth and Nail because they didn't have that there. So that was like, dude, you know, it's smaller than it was. We owed them one more record, so we we spent our own money. Everyone thinks that we're just cash grabbing over here oh, or whatever. Really? We do. We took rebirth money and we bought ourselves out of we bought ourselves out of of our contract. Oh wow, uh, I had no idea. Because That's we, crazy. We we believed mm-hmm. so much in this band and mm-hmm. in our fans and and the support we've had that we just feel like it should be heard. Yeah, and if it's on tooth and nail, it won't be. You know, like or it, it won't be as heard as much. Yeah, or we won't have the opportunities to. To let people hear it, so uh, there was a lot of labels that that came to mind. Yeah, I
0: thought Epitaph might you know might be the label since you worked you know with Sleepwave and everything.
1: Yeah, well, I just didn't have a great experience. You know, I'm sure they're a great label, but for me personally, it didn't. Right. I didn't have any communication with them, and I don't like that. I like to be hands on, and I like to feel like someone wants me there, not like oh well, we'll put you out your record. You know, like sure, like I want someone to 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 be as excited as I am. Or there's no point and i think bob and Ginny at fearless and and the concord the radio department at concord knowing that by hearing the demos like well we can actually have some radio for the first time like that'll be a tool that will help us you know uh and uh they have concord as a very impressive radio department and and Ginny and bob the the main two people at fearless they were like as excited as a band member hearing the songs and i just thought you know, we all thought that was that was sick. You know, like that's the kind of people you want working for you—people that think that it's the best thing they've ever heard. Otherwise, you know, how are you going to get the proper, you know, push when you're not? Yeah. You know, that—that's their job to give this to people and to, and to convince people why they they want it and why it should be and it, uh, you know, here not there or whatever. And and seeing people that excited about it really was was awesome.
0: Totally, man. Well, talking about the record, uh, when everyone hears this, the record will be out. Uh, I have had the chance to listen to it all the way through three times. Sick. I think the record is amazing. I I love it. And and what struck me about the record, you know, the first time I listened to it, and I I decided, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna you know, kind of shut everything out. I'm not gonna like listen to it while I drive or anything. I'm gonna like really listen to this record. And the second that that the record was finished after I heard, well, I heard the bonus tracks too, but the second after I gave up, the last song was over. I wanted to listen to it again. I needed to listen to it again and not to say, you know, with your last record, I didn't feel that way because I think it's a great record, but there's something about this record that has a re listenable appeal. And I, I don't know what it is, but, but I just, I have to, I have to ask you if that's something you were conscious of to try to make the record... Maybe not catchy isn't the right word, but there's something about it that makes you want to hear those songs again and again.
1: I think... I don't think it's it's a conscious effort. I think that just comes with the fact that we really, really, really wanted to make a record. You know, the last record we made. You know, you you know how it is being in a band. Like you get on a touring routine, and you have to put out a record every two years, which means you have to write it this time and take off to do this, and then right. you're in the studio by this time. And it's like, it's not a lot of time to to let your mind be creative and 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 have the things that you need to say at, at the proper time to get them off your chest. Like a lot of things aren't there yet, and like just in your brain or whatever. And I think we were just overdue. And I think it's, this is a very urgent record. When I hear it, it sounds like, yeah, like a good word it for needs it. to, it needs to be heard. And, and, and like, like people need to hear it. And I think that's, you know, like, like you said, you heard, okay, I, I didn't realize you were going to hear the two bonus songs, but those songs are great too. But the reason, like I didn't want to put too many songs on the record because right. I think people get bored. And that's like, even when you're like planning a set list, it's always hard. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you keep people from, they're like, okay, I've had enough unreal for tonight, you know, like, we'll see them next time and leave early, you know, because it's like, it, it, it's a hard thing, like, especially nowadays, like, people's attention spans are like half of what they used to be or something yeah, like I think so. they say that they say like teenagers now have less attention span than a goldfish or something. Like, I don't know, I read that fact somewhere. I don't know if it's true. But, you know, it's like, But it's because we're so stimulated all the time. Music is everywhere. There's a new song every single day for someone to hear, and it's streaming on every streamable free thing, or by a monthly subscription. And videos are everywhere, and you know, like just the access, 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 like to everything, access and excess. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's like a twenty-four hour Walmart for everything in the entertainment (laughs) world. You know? And oh, uh, such a great analogy, dude. You know, it's so bad but so good. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't, I'm i I'm not shit talking. I'm just like, it, it's just where the world is at right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, we we picked the right, the song, we, we had so many other songs, like the record could have gone so many different directions, but it's like, I read an interview with Tereza one time when he's like talking about when he starts writing a record, and he knows within the first couple of songs, whether it's going to be an electronic record or a rock record. Wow. And I thought that was really interesting. And, and I think I, I kind of saw myself in that scenario at this time where we were, You know, well, these are really strong. So, like, we've got to make songs that feel like they've picked the right songs, the best songs that make this feel like an album, not just like, oh, I want to stream the single and then listen to the, I don't know. I know it's a dead format, the album, like my manager Mm -hmm. tells me, and everyone thinks that, you know, people don't listen to albums, but I still want to make them that way.
0: Yeah, no, no, fuck that. I don't agree at all. I don't think it's a dead format at all. I don't care yeah. about the mainstream single radio pop. Like anybody that's into rock music wants to listen to an album. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I believe that. I, I don't believe it's a dead form. I sure hope so because that's you know. what I,
1: I. That's what I want. I like to. I want to, like, go on the journey. That's that's another, thing. another reason why I hate singles. Like a lot of kids lost their mind when they heard Rapture, and I'm like, yeah, but you got to think what would Under have done to have set you up for that, and right. where will their album go? And obviously I don't care if you're mad because I love the song and it's, it has its right place for the record, but like, and we're never going to make people happy. That's just how it is with music. <laughs> but uh, like, I just thought about that. I was like, I, I don't like putting out the first song ever. Cause I like for people to hear the first song and it just like, Whoa, you know, like, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like now that you've heard the record, like it all, it kind of makes a lot more sense.
0: Totally. Oh, it totally does. It totally does. And, 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 you know, you, it's funny you brought up Trent Reznor, and Nine Inch Nails a minute ago, because when I heard, uh, the first track released on my teeth, you know, before i heard the whole record, I thought to myself, damn, this is like a Nine Inch Nails vibe kind of, you know, going on. Uh, and there's a yeah, few little, there's a few nods to Nine Inch Nails on the record, which is very cool. Um, but yeah, you know it's, it's it's So far, you know Until Well, this go, this comes out Because I'm going to put this out On re- the release date But so far o- The only thing the fans have heard Are the two tracks On My Teeth and Rapture Which are like track uh, Is it track two and three, I think?
1: Track two and three, yeah a- And
0: Yeah, and I was actually su- su- I don't know Listening to the whole record I'm surprised those were the songs You chose to lead with
1: um, I, you know that, and that's... I who,
0: What was the decision there? Or is it I mean, I guess there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's more of a label call. You know, right. like Rapture's the first song they thought would, would, you know, that's the radio single, you know, which is being picked up before the even ad date, you know, was being picked up um, before we, we even started servicing it, which is great for us because we've never had any uh, ads from radio before. It's uh, a no. first for Under Oath. And, you know, uh, we didn't write songs for that reason at all. Like, we just write. We wrote a record that we wanted to hear. Like I wanted to make songs that when I push play, it's like fuck yeah, that's what I would drive in my car. Let's do. this. Is what I want to hear. You know, and that's what we all did. You know, it's, that was the conscious decision we made as far as the single choices. You know, the label wanted to go start service with a heavy song first because it's going to be your core fans listening for the first track. You know, yeah. you're not gaining new fans when you release. A song, and then they, they wanted to go with the first song they were going to go to radio with. But there's so many, I mean, every, it's the first record I've loved every song on. So they could have gone with any song and I would have been happy.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. No, it's it's tough. And, you know, a lot of people pointed out that you dropped an F-bomb in the first song you released. Um, yeah. I'm not your fucking prey. Were you surprised at the reaction People were very upset. A lot of the core your core fan base was upset. Is that that's the first time you've dropped an F bomb in an Oath song, is it not?
1: In an under-oath song. Yeah. Uh, but like as far as an interview in real life oh, and sleepwave sure. songs. I mean look at Aaron. Just I mean like, the, the I mean, guy swears yeah. like a sailor. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's it's wait, I think the day that came out, like two days before there was this massive school shooting in Miami. Yeah. or or somewhere close to Miami, and I was like, and this is what you guys want to argue about? because i said fuck and 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 it's like if you it's like it's just so it's so petty it's such a petty thing and you know and i and i really didn't care i was like the kind of people that would get mad about that are gonna hate us for the whole record anyway they're gonna hate the change they're gonna hate anything about like you know my my dad was telling me about this because he does a lot of work seminars and 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 Talks to a lot of businesses that that seventy percent of Americans fear change, and that's right. like a huge, or maybe it was more eighty percent or something like that. And you know, but once once you you know after you get over the shock, you normally love change. It's just the initial shock, yeah. and I think that this is an honest under oath, and I think under oath trying to fit in a box of of what Christianity was when. Some of us were, were, were not believing in those or feeling that way anymore. It's right. like forcing someone to love you. Like, like if your girlfriend's like, I, I don't love you anymore, like, no, you have to love me. Right. You have to love me, or, I, or I'm going to kill myself. But, like, that's basically what you're saying because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? that's basically yeah. what you're saying because because you're like oh if you're not Christian the ban has to be over like that's such that's such a ridiculous box to put on somebody and such a hard you're you're in a band that people are should be individuals you should be a band but you're all your own person and you should have freedom of speech and freedom of 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 sexuality and, and religion or whatever you want like you should be able to be you because that's what totally. that's what being alive that's what being alive is about man like that's what being a human is and accepting that with your friends, like no matter who they are, like, and I just think people that are going to be mad about me saying fuck are the kind of people that we don't, we're just like, those are the people that are not going to show up to our shows anyway. And we, you know, like, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I don't really care if you're mad because I don't care.
0: Yeah, well, I think part of the reason the reaction was because you guys were a legit Christian band it wasn't some kind of loose like oh we'll, we'll say we believe in God and then maybe more people in the south will buy records you know so we'll kind of say we are like you, you you know that happens all the time and then behind the scenes no one's talking about it no one cares but you guys you know actually had bible studies and you didn't drink and you'd hang out with girls and you like li- guys literally didn't swear we
1: all drank we all drank for sure well, you did okay year.
0: maybe it was a little bit behind closed doors yeah. because I remember that yeah. the tour we did you know uh, back in um, like when we did warp Tour in 04 and when we did uh, you know the um, uh, oh sorry I lost my headphones uh, and when we did um, the European Tour for the first time you guys definitely were I didn't see much drinking and I definitely didn't yeah, hear there wasn't you guys much,
1: swear at all. So it's, There it's wasn't a, much drinking in, in 04. I right. mean I think we were we were all 20 <laughs> no, or 21. I know, you know? But,
0: but I'm just saying so, like if, if maybe that's part of it because fans did look up to you guys in that way because you were, you did practice what you preached. Do you know what I mean? Which, which in rock music doesn't always happen. So, you know, I, I think it's, and I don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's great that you guys were, you know, honest with yourselves back then with who you are and that you're honest with you are honest with yourselves about who you are now.
1: Yeah. I, I think it just became super unhealthy. Uh, I think that when you're a kid and you're, you know, like, a lot of those guys grew up that way, very like, you know, going to Christian rock shows and, you know, like that was something that was kind of new to you. And, you know, I I drank in high school and smoked pot and then I like became a Christian and stopped doing those things. And then obviously shortly after was uh, pretty much a drug addict for the, for the next 12 years of my life. Uh, but I think that... Um, You know, I think that at first it was it was it was nice and like we we had a thing going on, but as 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 time went on, like definitely everyone was changing and it was a lot of pressure and it definitely ruined it definitely killed the band. I think just the not letting people breathe and live and constantly uh, ridiculing each other for doing the wrong things, I don't think anyone would last as as long as we did. And I think in 2009 is when we said we were no longer a Christian band anymore right. uh, for the first time. And whether people were listening or not, it's not really my fault. But I don't think it, there's no ill will towards that. We don't hate Christians. We're not anti things we said. We didn't write any songs about, you know, to me a Christian band would be a band who's singing about God, which we never did except for some seek forgiveness. And that song was written by Aaron Marsh from Copeland. You know what I mean? And yeah, and you know, and the that that's that's just not to me, like, I think putting any sort of any sort of category on music makes it makes it no longer universal. And I think that's really sad. Like to a lot of bands I related to that if, if you would have told me so and so was a Christian band when I was a kid I wouldn't have listened, you know? And that's a really that's that's sad. You know, I think we weren't singing praise and worship songs and some of the guys in the band weren't feeling that way anymore and and, you know, I think it's not uh like losing faith, it's maybe more about gaining knowledge and as people have gotten smarter and and learn more about life and experience life, they are they're they're just like, you know, I don't think I you know, fit into what you would consider a Christian, so I don't consider myself a Christian anymore. You know, I think the idea of who Jesus was is, is the most beautiful thing. But the idea of the religion of constantly being judged and human beings telling other human beings how to live and all the all those rules that come with it is not a good life at least for me to live you know like i don't yeah. i i didn't i didn't feel the the community of that or the or the or the love or any sort of camaraderie with it i just felt alienated and ridiculed a lot and and definitely put down for having Uh, addiction problems or depression problems. Like there was no, there was no help there. It was all, uh, you know, you don't talk about this thing because you're a Christian, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, and that to me is super unhealthy. And I'm not saying that's how that's how it is. I'm just saying that's how it was for me. So it was easy for me to be like, you know, this isn't this isn't for me. Uh, am I in a bad place? Or am I lost? No. I'm like for the first time in my life, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I've been off drugs for over like a year and a half. You know, like I'm like, you. you know, it's like I, the best things in my life have come with just like loving people and loving myself and just just uh, and just living my best life and trying to better myself every day and and. I think under oath is kind of all there They that yeah. I don't think any, I don't know if anyone in the band considers themselves a Christian quote unquote, uh, um, in that light. I don't think really? that anyone's- okay.
0: that's cause that's, I have that as a question here, you know, because I, I don't know, I, you know, all of you guys in the band are different people and you have different Thoughts and different opinions, and that's fine. So, I kind of wondered if you know, in talking about the 100% veto thing that Under Oath has, if anyone was like, Hey, um, and news just in like, this is not the only F bomb on the record, there's more, even more prominent ones, which I want to ask you about because I want to talk about a couple specific songs in a second. But I just kind of wondered if anyone was like, Uh, hey, Spencer, hey, Aaron, maybe we shouldn't drop like four F bombs on this record, like, maybe that's gonna Uh kind (laughs) of freak people out
1: no i mean honestly like i'll write things the way i would say them like i would never cuss just for the sake of it to piss people off or to be like we're not a christian band anymore like no i i you know i just i just feel like when it sounds urgent like i i don't i don't like bands that cuss all the time but when it's urgent like it sounds right you know like Oh yeah, I don't absolutely. Know, you know, like sometimes speaking of Trent Reznor, when he, when he says Ooh. it or, or Tom York or like, right. uh, or, or, um, like Daryl from Glassjaw, Like when, when it comes out in that like urgent, like man, like it's like, I'm not your fucking prey. Like that's what you would say to someone. It, like you wouldn't say I'm not your prey. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just doesn't come out of my mouth yeah. that way or most people's that way. And I think, and, you know, and I, and I would look, and I, when I would record, i be like, "Hey, Chris, do you do you have a problem with like is this and like?" has like, "Hell no!" I was like, "That that's that sounds right to me." You know, like I wouldn't just I wasn't just sneaking it behind people's backs just to make <laughs> to rustle feathers. It was just like I think it was like a thing where it's like, "Hey, if anyone has a problem with it, then just speak up." You know, that's kind of how the new Underworld is, and I I feel like. Anytime it's said, it's just needed, you know. And I don't think it's 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 not really a huge thought of mine. It's not like a oh, should I should I drop a dirty word or not? You know, to me, it's just like I'm writing, uh, you know, lyrics to a uh, a a real case scenario song, something I lived through, and I need to get this off my chest. Oh, totally. This is this is therapeutic for me. This is something I need to say. Absolutely. And And I get that. and, I get and that. then when you track it and you hear it back, and you 're like you're like hell yeah man that that's that 's the take, and then, oh wait, but there 's a dirty word in there. Should I like redo that and make it like not as impactful that 's where I feel like no i 'm not going to make the song suffer, and if everyone agrees that this is the take let 's leave it in there yeah, and I think that 's what we did you know i don 't think it was a conscious decision it wasn 't like you know let 's drop a fuck word in this song, <laughs>
0: absolutely, man well. You know, it's funny. I have a note, another note here too, that I was when I was listening to the record, and I really, and I didn't know that you had such a drug problem. Like I know it's been talked about, and I know you know, but geez, twelve years of you know of being an, ad- an addict—that's that's crazy. So congratulations on on being clean. But I really, I wrote my they wrote this note here. and It's kind of weird. I wrote. It seems like the whole record is about addiction. And also, it's about how Christianity, in some ways, pushed you towards that. That was the note I just made for myself. Is that accurate? <laughs> I,
1: I I feel like it's not like I don't think you can blame. I think you're responsible for all your actions. I don't think anyone oh, can of course. really push you like to do something or to not do something. I think it's the same way as I had this conversation on a radio interview the other day where we were talking about how do you get kids to not, you know get involved in drugs and this and that. And the other. And I said, we well, can't, man. I think the more you tell someone to not do something, the more they're going to want to do it. And I think it's not about telling someone not to do something. It's about giving someone the tools to, to use when they're there. Like when they realize they're in a a spot and that's something we're not doing as a, as a human race. I feel like it's, it's like, it's not okay to talk about it. It's looked at as weak. If you say, Hey, I've got a problem or I need help. Like those are all things that are frowned upon and I'm not sure why, which is why people in our industry keep dying. I think it's just like, no one wants to talk about it brushing on the rug. Like, you know, I wasn't even sure if I was, you know, there was years where I used a lot of drugs. There was years that I didn't use as much, but there was, it was never like, I never was really went longer than a week without using drugs. And there was times where it was every single day, there was times where it was all day, and there was years where it was like, Oh, you know, once once a week or, or, or twice a month or something like that. Like yeah. and I, I got to the point in my life where I got to the point in my life where I was like, Well, shit, like am I? And I guess is this what an addict is? Feeling like it's okay. Right. Just use, you know, and uh, and and I think
0: that's where I kind of hit the wall with it, you know. Wow, wow, man. Well, I'm I'm just glad to hear that you're that you're you're back. We have we have Spencer' great new record, Erase Me, which is which is out now. It's out today. If you're listening to this, so I want to talk about some of these songs. And I have notes on so many songs, and I, I don't know where. To, I'm just going to start with this one because this was a real standout track to me. The song, I guess it's the beginning of track two. Uh, sorry, the beginning of side two. I hate it. Now this yeah. song is a banger, and you were mentioning radio play earlier and going for that. I could definitely see this song being put in the radio.
1: Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't think that's something we ever were conscious about in writing. It's just kind of naturally what we write. You know, going back to the things we grew up on and the things that we love. Um, like that song was actually a demo, pretty much the same as the demo that me and Aaron wrote. I think it was the fifth song we wrote for this whole process. Yeah. And, you know, we, I don't know, it it was the song that, that, that started with a lyric and started with an idea and it like, we, I think we wrote it at like like, 3 in the morning, me and Aaron in in Salt Lake City, like, we had been working on some other songs. We went and got late-night food because we were in his little studio all day, and then we had a few drinks, and we're talking about just, like, having a conversation about that. Like, you're the only thing that gets behind. I hate it. And we're like, dude, that's it. Like, let's let's go make this song. And it it sounded, it was, like, really slow, same chord progression, but different instrumentation a little bit, and it was very much like like a Soundgarden song. And I was like, think Black Hole Sun, man, let's think Black Hole Sun. And right. I'm on the guitar and he's on the drums and we're just working it out and we recorded it and loved it and everyone in the band hated it. Uh oh, until, wow. until we got to the studio and, and we, you know, we spiced it up and we let Tim and Chris get on there and, and we sped it up and, it became what you hear now, but uh, not a whole lot changed. And and everyone loved it. You know, like it's sim- It's what a simple like guitar effect or lead and, and some, you know, a tempo change can do right. for a song. Also, know?
0: also dropping an F bomb in there. If I could turn back time, I wouldn't change a fucking thing. And that line has some weight, man.
1: And, yeah. You know,
0: it goes <laughs> back to what you were saying about, well, if the F bomb wasn't in there and you're right, you're right. It really is impactful.
1: Yeah, it definitely changes the. I just think that's how I said it, you know. And yeah. It's, it's, it's. Uh, we could have re-recorded it three different ways to not make someone mad, but I don't think that's the point, you know.
0: No, totally. And, and I noticed that you sing a lot on this record, uh, Aaron. I mean, and I hate it. It sounds like it's Aaron for the most part <laughs> uh, singing on that song, but. How how hard was it to decide, especially with you guys writing together, who was going to sing lead vocals on what part with, you know, you growing so much as a clean vocalist um, in the band, uh, uh, you know, and
1: obviously Aaron being Aaron? I Well, I mean, I just think like, and I hate it. He doesn't sing at all except for oh, the that's pre-chorus.
0: You? Yeah. I'm, I I like can't tell the difference between you
1: guys anymore. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't sing at all except for that. He sings the pre-chorus. Oh, uh, uh, okay yeah most of the record you know it's like i'm the singer of the band and aaron does vocals as well but you know he's playing drums and like there's been a lot of times where we've done things on record he's like well i can't do it live so you have to do it so what's the point in that you know like we aaron sings when it's necessary like as a breath of breath of air you know like in it to change it up a little bit but like most songs aaron will you know sing on the on the bridge or sing the the pre-chorus or right. something but yeah he, he, do, he you know he doesn't sing as much as he used to and i don't i don't think he didn't want to you know i just think that he's in a different spot than he was you know yeah. he used to be someone that was maybe more trying to seek attention and now he's someone who's very confident in himself and loves playing drums and he's like i'm not going to sing unless it's like It would be better if there's two people singing here, like where we go back and forth sometimes. Like, but yeah, I think that was just pretty, you know, pretty standard, like just a band being a band, you know. Why, why, why not?
0: And another track that stood out to me is uh, was Bloodlust, which seemed like kind of more like a classic Oath song. Um, What's the story behind that one?
1: That song, I, I mean, that was one of the ones that Tim had worked on at first that we didn't really. Me and Aaron weren't feeling until we got our hands in there, and, and mm-hmm. it turned into the song that you that you hear now. Um, that one is—I uh, don't know—maybe becoming. It started off as one of my least favorites, ended up becoming one of my favorites over over time. And I think that just came with uh, us just getting in there and communicating, and because I, I think it started off with just that like Radiohead sounding thing, and it just went forever, and it didn't really go anywhere. And then we got some guitars in there, boom, it became like a loud Under Oath song, right. you know, and
0: Absolutely. I think
1: that's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that was one that really came together in the studio, the studio, because the demo was, uh, was nothing really.
0: And for you, what are some of your favorites? Cause, um, those, those were kind of the ones that, that stood out for me as, as definitely songs that I like. I really like the lead track too. Or sorry, the first song. I mean, it has to start somewhere. I, I thought maybe that would be one you'd put out first to kind of kick off the record but um for you what what kind of stands out
1: i mean they all do it in in different ways like i think we picked those songs because they were the most standout ones we had and i i love them all you know like there's not a song i'm like oh this is my favorite song and then tomorrow the other one's my favorite you know it's like i uh i really love um i love the opening track i really love wake me i think i love i get i give up i gave up i love yeah I mean, I, 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 love sync with you. I love them. I mean, I love them all. Like I hate it. That's a, that's a huge one for me that I was a big advocate for that song being on the record.
0: Um, I hate it as, I hate it as my jam for sure. Sick with you is cool. I really like the surprise ending that you guys used to, you know, at that kind of end of the side, with <laughs> side one, it comes back yeah. and I'm like, Oh my God, it was like so sick. So that's a really, really cool <laughs> idea, man. No, for, for people listening, if you haven't checked out the new under Earth record, it is amazing. Uh, I really like it. I think it's a, an amazing way to come back. And, you know, you referenced the shape of Punk to Come. And, you know, we had a conversation just among some, of, you know, some of the Silverstein guys and some of our friends. Um, not to drop any names, but we were hanging out with like Spittlefield and and we were hanging out with real friends and a bunch of Chicago people. And we had a conversation about if any bands have come back, you know, from a long hiatus, whether it's like refused or at the gates or whatever, and has made a record. That was like mind blowing, and I don't know if anybody has, but to me, you guys have done it. So I, I uh, oh, that, that
1: that means a lot. I'm I appreciate on board, that.
0: And, and it's it's really great to talk to you, man. And um, before I let you go, is there any significance uh, with the title of the record, "Erase Me"? What's that? What's that mean?
1: That's just a lyric from from "I Hate It," actually. Um, I just think we we're just kind of listening to it back, and we just were picking out different phrases that we thought made a made a great record because it could be taken so many ways and like you know so much about us has changed and and so much of us want a clean slate and a lot of the record is about leaving that part of you, you behind and it just seemed to kind of fit everything and it seems like a great title i don't know it is a great title
0: it's a it's a little bit of a throwback to uh, a little bit of a shout out to nine inch nails there too Oh yeah, I guess so. Right? Don't they say in that that eraser song? It's uh, "erase me, kill me, kill me." Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, dude, thank you so much. Um, I guess tell the people what's going on next. You guys have tour dates coming up. Uh, what's the yeah, plan for gonna, the rest of the year? We're going to be
1: touring pretty much nonstop. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can expect you know more than one tour from us this year. So uh, awesome. our plan is to, to, to tour and go everywhere on this record more than once, hopefully. And, and, uh, try to see everybody and then, you know, keep this thing going, you know, we're just going to keep, keep on going as uh, under oath, hopefully for another decade or, or more. You never know.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that, man. I love that. Well, Spencer, thanks for taking, taking the time and, uh, enjoy the rest of your day at the pool.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you. Dude. <laughs> yeah, man,
0: all the best. Take care. So there it is with Spencer. We got into some deep stuff there. Uh it was great. It was great. I hope the nerds, the under Earth nerds are happy, the casual fans happy as well. And I know some of you have not heard Erase Me Yet. Go listen to the record. Do what I did, you know, really take it all in. And I don't know what happened when I listened to that record, but I finished it and I was like, I gotta hear this thing again. Cause this record is really really dynamic it's got a lot of layers to it and you're going to miss a lot the first time so hit me up let me know what you think of the record as well I love this discussion of course we're on all the social media Instagram Twitter Facebook Facebook's a great place to discuss this we got a revamped Facebook page so check that out and of course you can email me Syndrome at gmail.com I read all my emails so get in touch tell me your favorite track or if you have suggestions for other guests of the show or anything to do with the podcast, that is all good as well. I want to thank Spencer for taking time out of his pool day. I want to thank their manager, Randy, for setting this up. And I want to thank you for the love, for the support. Please keep spreading the word, the word of mouth. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. It really does go a long way in helping this thing keep growing. I'm going to leave you with a track and no surprise what my pick is. A song we talked about a lot on this podcast. Here is a brand new Under Oath track, I Hate It, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love, and we'll see you next week.